0: To episode one of the Anglican Internet Church seasonal video series Epiphany: The Manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles. I'm Father Ron Shipley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church. The objective of the series is to help traditional Christians toward a better understanding of the doctrines and practices of the Church Universal in a world which is at war with Christianity. The focus in Episode 1 is twofold. First, on the true theological meaning of Epiphany, and second, on how and when Epiphany became one of the major feasts of the Church. Epiphany is not a scriptural word. It does not appear anywhere in the New Testament. It comes from the Greek epiphaneia, which means literally to manifest or to shine forth or to reveal. It is derived from another Greek word, theophania, which means a revelation of God or theos to the world. The illustration, also used in the series title slide, is a detail of a circa 950 A.D. fresco of the Magi kneeling before the Blessed Virgin, who holds the Christ child on her lap. It was made in the Cappadocia region of modern Turkey. There is a very important difference between the meaning of epiphany in the secular world of the twenty-first century and its meaning in the church context. Today, when people speak of having an epiphany, they mean a sudden transforming experience one which changes one's perception of self or of certain facts or of what that person conceives as truths. In church teachings, Jesus Christ did not have such a sudden transformative experience in which he realized he was the Son of God. In another sense, the church's understanding is quite different. When we celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany in the church, we are not celebrating a single Event, but a series of events in which Jesus revealed himself or shone forth or manifested himself to the broader world of the Gentiles, a word which comes from the Hebrew word for the non Jewish nations. Only one of these events is the visit of the Magi or wise men recounted in Matthew 2, verses 1 to 12, and depicted in the Byzantine-style 9th century tempera and gilt on vellum illumination from the Menologion of Basil II. Basil II was the sitting emperor at Constantinople. In the Anglican prayer book tradition, Epiphany is one of several fixed feasts on the church calendar, Epiphany Day is always celebrated on January 6th, the twelfth day after Christmas. While the date of Epiphany is fixed, the length of Epiphany season varies depending upon the date of Easter. I will discuss how this affects the liturgical celebration of Easter in Episode 2. For many years, Epiphany was known as Little Christmas, and until the twenty-first, 20th century's commercialization of Christmas, it was generally thought of as the end of the Christmas season. The little Christmas label may have come from the Eastern Church's use of the old Julian calendar, which causes Christmas in their tradition to fall on January 6th. In my household, we honor the old tradition by not decorating for Christmas until mid-December and keeping the tree and outside decorations illuminated until January the 6th. The illustration is the center panel of a 15th century altarpiece by Jaime Uge above the high altar at St. Agatha Chapel in Barcelona, Spain. The Anglican Internet Church offers a companion seasonal video series, The Twelve Days of Christmas, in which this old tradition of Christmas and Epiphany as bookends at each end of the Nativity season is explained and illustrated with art. Icons, frescoes, paintings, and Christmas music with a theme, theological word, or phrase for each of the 12 days from Christmas Day to January 5th. Episodes in the series are linked from the digital library page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. Podcast versions of all 12 episodes are available using links on the podcast archive page. Epiphany has not always been celebrated the way it is today. The earliest known celebration of Epiphany was in the Eastern Church in the early 3rd century. St. Clement of Alexandria, co-founder of the first school of Christian catechetical instruction, wrote about it between 200 and 225 A.D., And these earliest celebrations of Epiphany in the Eastern Church included the celebration of Christ's Nativity. The illustration is an engraving of the Nativity by Gustave Doré from Doré's English Bible, an illustrated Bible very popular in England in the late 19th century. At these early times in the life of the Church in the East, Christ's birth on Christmas Day was explained as the first manifestation or showing forth or shining forth of Christ to the Gentiles. By the testimony of St. John Cassian, it is clear that as late as the early 5th century, the early tradition was maintained in both the East and the West. Many Anglicans who have attended Epiphany services at an Eastern Orthodox church have been surprised to find that the Orthodox Christian service still commemorates the Baptism of Christ, which in the Anglican prayer book tradition is one of seven such manifestations during Epiphany season. The illustration is a three stained glass window panel in a larger display in the south transept at St. Eustache Church in Paris, France. The earliest known liturgical celebration of Epiphany as a separate feast in the Western church tradition did not happen until the middle of the 5th century, largely owing to the influence of Pope Leo the Great, who ruled at Rome from 440 to 461 AD. The new Feast of the Epiphany began with a commemoration of the manifestation of Christ to the Magi, popularly called the Adoration of the Magi. The contributions to the Church of St. Leo are the subject of episode 29 in the AIC video series, The Lives of the Saints, second series, which is linked from the digital library page at www. AnglicanInternetChurch.net. The illustration is a painted by relief adoration of the Magi in the modern Western Church style probably somewhere in Central or Eastern Europe. I offer more detail on the development of the Adoration of the Magi theme in Episode 2. These new observations of Epiphany also included the Feast of the Transfiguration, At the Basilica of St. Mark in Venice, mosaics added in the 10th through the 14th century depict the Transfiguration as part of Epiphany season in the Roman Catholic tradition. Today, of the major Protestant denominations, the Lutherans and Presbyterians still observe Transfiguration on the final Sunday in Epiphany, the last service before Ash Wednesday that marks the start of Lent. Anglicans celebrate Transfiguration as a fixed feast on August 6th. The illustration is a 14th century Orthodox icon of the Transfiguration in Bucharest, Romania. In the Anglican prayer book tradition using the 1928 Book of Common Prayer American Edition, The season of Epiphany officially begins on January 6th, the day after the last of the 12 days of Christmas. There can be as many as six Sundays after Epiphany, with the number dependent upon the date of Easter. Each service is focused on one of six manifestations of Christ to the Gentile world. I close episode 1 with the Collect for Epiphany, which Archbishop Thomas Cranmer adapted from the Gregorian Sacramentary and which is read during the Octave of Epiphany, that is the eight days beginning with January 6th. O God, who by the leading of a star didst manifest Thy only begotten Son to the Gentiles, mercifully grant that we who know Thee now by faith may after this life have the fruition of Thy glorious Godhead, through the same Thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you for joining me for Episode 1. Next time, in Episode 2, I will discuss how Epiphany is observed in worship using the 1928 Book of Common Prayer, including the collects, Epistle and Gospel readings, Appropriate Propers, and traditional hymns written for use in Epiphany season and included in our publication, the St. Chrysostom Hymnal. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.